0: Welcome to the Elevate the Vibe podcast, bringing you juicy convos with thought leaders discussing the wild world of parenting.
1: Every kid kind of has their own little kinks and personality and what they're motivated by, you know, just even their like responses and their attitudes, like all of that and how it works. So if you have a kid and like you can look up their birth information and look up what their energy type is, you can literally parent them in a certain way that's like correct for their type. That
0: clip was from our guest of the show today, Juliana Lembeck. Before we get into Juliana's intro, what's up, hubby?
2: What up, boo-boo? How you doing?
0: My name is Katie Berlin. That's not directed towards you, that's directed towards the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I am the host of the Elevate the Vibe podcast and sitting here with me on this lovely, lovely Sunday afternoon is my gorgeous husband, Jason Berlin.
2: Oh, thanks, honey. I have to say, I do feel very very handsome cuz I haven't been to the barbershop now in like 2 months and I'm a little scruffed out, so I'm feeling a little baywatch these days, a little scruff central and uh I'm liking my look.
0: That hair is looking vivacious.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's pretty 80s out, you know, I tease it a little bit in the morning. <laughs> I don't think think
0: you have to do anything. It has its own personality. It
2: does, yeah. Maybe I should let it speak for itself.
0: He's holding the mic to his hair. That was was quite...
2: It didn't say anything. Quite
0: (laughs) an experience. It's giving us the silent treatment right now.
2: Yeah. But, you know, all in all, I actually have to say I feel a little trashed recently because our boy just turned two and the little one is obsessed with trash trucks. And I think I've spent probably two hours every tuesday now just stalking this poor man who's just trying to drive his trash truck i know the entire loop around our neighborhood like we literally <laughs> you know our son he's we just bought him my iheart trash trucks hat because he's obsessed you know like we'll just be hanging out and he'll be like trash truck trash truck i'm like yes sammy that's oh, it's tuesday that's his day his birthday just happened to fall on Trash truck day this past Tuesday. And um, yeah, we stalked them around. And then, you know, sure enough, three of his gifts were trash trucks. And one just came this past Friday, a little late. And it's been hilarious to see this resurgence of, uh, you know, something I never even thought of, but he loves trash trucks. And we've actually met a couple other neighborhood kids who are also obsessed with trash. I was going
0: to say, it's not like we're the only ones. So let's paint this picture for you. Every Tuesday morning around 6 30 AM, you can begin to hear in our neighborhood because it's dead quiet The sounds, the harmonious cacophony of sounds from the recycling truck. (laughs) So first the trash truck comes through then the recycling truck. I can't even remember which one, which one's which, (laughs) but they come through and I feel like it is music to his ears. He perks up and it's trash truck, trash truck, trash truck. So from like 6.30 a.m. until whenever the dudes finish the route, I mean our main priority is ensuring that we stalk them through that entire thing and when i say stalk i mean like we literally follow behind them and watch the entire process
2: i wake up from a deep dark dark slumber and throw clothes on grab the infant out of the room toddler now and then we rush in his car outside get the hat on and when we find that trash truck we stare it down and we are just glued there to the trash trucks and it's just amazing
0: and there are other neighbors that are doing the (laughs) same exact thing with their children so we have not only are we trash truck obsessed but we have a trash truck
2: posse There is one lady who was just following it in her suv just literally just as it was making turns like i see her and she's like waving to us like we're like the trash truck mafia or something there's got to be some clever name there you know the trash truck trio triage of trash trucks. I don't know. There's something there.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) this has literally nothing to do with our episode today, but it is a big part of our lives and we want to let you in on the magic of what happens behind the scenes with Elevate the Vibe
2: yeah uh we're a trashy bunch these days. what do you what do you what do you want to say?
0: But we are surviving, we are thriving and we are aliving. We are totally alive. It's really it's just magic in this household. Yes. Anyway, on to our guest of the show today. So speaking of thriving and aliving, our guest of the show today is Juliana Lembeck. Juliana is a conscious writer, storyteller, and human design expert who empowers her clients to navigate away from their mental health labels, heal their trauma, and build a strong foundation for their lives that works with their specific energy. So some people might be listening to this and thinking, what is human design? I have never heard that.
2: What is human design? It sounds very robotic. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But it's not.
0: No, so it's really a system that allows us to better understand how our energy is stimulated and comes to life, and then we can tap into what lights us up and feed the parts of ourselves that are ready to author the powerful story of our lives.
2: It's a highly scientific approach, and Juliana here is going to let us in on some innermost workings of human design.
0: Yes, and just for the audience's knowledge, there are five different energy types which we'll dive into, but I am a manifesting generator.
2: What am I again? You, I believe, are a projector. I'm a projector.
0: Yeah, so manifesting generators essentially generate their own energy in the world, they make excess energy for everyone else, and they can
2: initiate. And I'm a projector just because I'm loud, right, Shug? (laughs) Projectors
0: are here they're really to be guides and make efficiency gains and see systems very well. So don't get too caught up on the language because it doesn't really matter what career you're in or what path you have. And there are different ways this comes to life. For example, you may connect with certain parts of your body that, for example, for myself, if there is a situation that I'm presented with and I have to make a choice, I'll have a gut reaction immediately. And it's, good for me to have a gut reaction and then speak my truth immediately so I get the reaction I'll be like ooh no and then to say like oh no I don't think that's right or something that's super exciting and totally lights me up I have the reaction and I'm like hills yeah like let's do it so for me that's how I can take some of this information and utilize it in my everyday life and Juliana will jump into that a little bit more as well.
2: So without further ado, let's get her on here to talk a little bit about the design, human design.
0: All right. Well, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys well, for having me. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the Elevate the Vibe audience.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm Juliana Lembeck and I am a conscious writer, storyteller, and human design reader.
0: Yeah. And we're going to really dive into the human design side of that yeah, I'm as excited. well. But before we dive into that, can you please give us a little background on where you grew up and sort of your path and what led you to the place that you are at right now?
1: Sure. So I grew up in Orange County, California, and I went and studied psychology in college because it really is this kind of like underlying question of like, why are we the way that we are and kind of that human behavior and motivation. Uh, That always kind of like drives just like what's going on in my background, the background in my head at all given like time. But that kind of led me into marketing after college and it was kind of a natural fit. I helped uh, brands tell their stories through digital and content marketing for the last six years. And then I recently made that transition from helping brands to really helping individuals tell their stories and through a completely different lens, uh, human design, and which we'll definitely, like, dive into. And for anybody that doesn't know what that is, I the simple way that I kind of sum it up is it's really just language and classification uh, to go around our unique energetic makeup. So I say it's kind of like a Myers-Briggs Enneagram slash, like, on crack though (laughs) like it's like so much more in depth and it really gives you like so much like nuanced information and i think it can be a really empowering tool to really help people like see themselves clearly and understand like their strengths and how we are so different from one another and how like that's a good thing and yeah so that's kind of what i'm doing now
0: what initially drew you to human design and sort of how did you get not only interested in it but where you decided this is something that I think I want to pursue.
1: Um, This was a little bit different than most things I feel like I've done. I feel like I have so, for like so long, like followed this very like conventional path that's kind of like prescribed to us. And it's kind of like, okay, go like do really well in school, get into the best college you can, get the best job you can, and then go and, you know, do the white picket fence and the get married and like hit those milestones. And I feel like I learned like, probably even just, like, a few years into working, like, full-time, like, out of college and just learning, like, I'm hitting all these, like, like, so-and-so goals, right, and, like, I'm kind of, like, doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and then even in the jobs that I've held, like, I feel like I did really well and was, like, performing really well, but I just felt, like, at the end of the day, there was kind of something missing and kind of just something, like, I just felt like there's got to be more to this, like, right, like, if I'm doing all of these things I'm supposed to do and even, like, performing better than my own expectations shouldn't I feel like a little bit more sense of like fulfillment um and so I had left the corporate world about two years ago to basically take the skill set that I'm really grateful to have kind of learned just by doing which was this marketing skill set that uh it seems like everybody kind of needs marketing these days and so I did that for about two years uh independently just working with uh brands And clients to support myself while I was finishing a book. So kind of side note, but I really wanted the flexibility and the time to be able to like bring that to fruition because I just had it in my mind. Like if I were to die tomorrow, that would be my only regret is that like, I didn't do this one thing, like everything else I was kind of like told to do. That was one thing that I really wanted to do and was really like wanting to challenge myself to see if I can bring that to fruition. Uh, so in the midst of that, I had finished it and started kind of, Figuring out like what the publishing process is, and there's self-publishing and there's traditional publishing, and uh, it just I kind of hit some obstacles and some blocks and kind of paused on it for a minute, and stumbled <laughs> upon Human Design in the most random way. I had outreached uh, Susie Batiz, who. Katie, you had sent me a podcast with like an episode of hers that was just like amazing. And I had cold outreached her. I'd like found her email somehow.
0: If people aren't familiar with Susie Batisse, she is the entrepreneur founder of Poopery and Supernatural Clean. So she has built incredible businesses from the ground up and is completely a pioneer in the space because she's not only built these amazing businesses, but she's done it from now a spiritual lens and a spiritual perspective.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, the work she's done is just like, it's incredible what she's been able to accomplish. And she, so now in more recent years, she's come out about just kind of like her background and her story and just like trials and tribulations throughout her life. And she's got a really fascinating story. And I kept hearing like bits and pieces of it on these uh, podcast episodes. So I was like, Whatever, I'm just gonna outreach her, and I did, and I cold reach outreach her, and I was like, "You should let me write your book for you. I want to like ghostwrite it, yada yada." She actually responded, which I was <laughs> mind blown. I, I literally wrote it on like Christmas Day, like two years ago or something, it's like, and I, I couldn't believe she responded, it was like after New Year's, and I actually got on a call with her and chatted with her, I mean it was pretty neat, uh, which we'll get into how that actually is not my best strategy and approach, which maybe that's why it didn't come to fruition, because as a projector in human design, I'm actually supposed to wait for the invitation, not be the initiator. But anyway, it still led to something really interesting, which was human design itself. We had had a conversation. She was doing something really interesting with her company. I won't get into the details of it because that's not mine to share. But she had mentioned human design. I had no idea what that was. And she also had mentioned like the Colby A index test, and they had me take that. Um, And I've always geeked out on these types of like systems, like just anything that's going to give you a little bit more information about yourself and how to best like utilize your strengths. I'm all for that. So I had really just started to stumble into human design and was like, okay, maybe this approach I'm taking with the book process is not the best approach. Like I want to kind of figure this out. And at first I really (laughs) didn't like human design at first. Like I was like, I'm a projector. No way. Like I'm a manifester. I'm going to go out there and like get things done and yada, yada, yada. And the more I kind of learned, like, layer by layer, and that's the thing, like, human design is a beast. Like, just knowing the top, like, three things, like, your energy type, your authority and profile is enough for, like, anybody to use it. But there are so many things that you can kind of, like, geek out on and get lost in. Um, But every time I'd, like, learn a new layer, I felt like I really was seeing myself and kind of, like, understanding and even just understanding, like, as a projector, that's one of the five energy types in human design. I kind of had been using my energy in a way that was like, hustle, hustle, like go, 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 like trying to keep up with the world and even just trying to initiate like I was trying to be like a manifesting generator slash generator and a manifester. And although you can do that, you can live any which way you want, there's a more efficient way to use your energy to really get to where you're going. Um, So anyway, so that's kind of what led me into it. And I'd also at the time been contemplating whether to go back to school and finish a master's in psychology and just take it another level so I could work one-on-one with clients I'd always really loved the idea of that therapeutic model and so once I found human design I was like okay this is the way that I this is the vehicle this is the way I can work with people and it still is kind of that one-on-one uh session and model and kind of like space but I think it's a lot more empowering and to the point like it's almost like more efficient in and of itself it's like here learn these few things about yourself just go give it a try and then come back and let me know if that works for you kind of thing so long story short
0: (laughs) (laughs) well I want to dive into the aspects of human design and for Anyone who's unfamiliar with it, which could be the majority of people because it hasn't really been around that long, can you give a little brief background on it and sort of a high level 101 of what human design is?
1: Sure. Um, So again, it's just the language and classification of your unique energetic makeup. So it's kind of the thought that everything is energy and every time we're even talking to somebody working, like everything is an energetic exchange. So Everybody in the world operates within uh, five different energy types and basically the way that like your aura, which extends like three to six feet from your body, the way that your aura is designed, if you use like a strategy and an approach that works for your type, it's supposed to get you like – a life that's kind of like a lot more like flow and ease and not coming up against so many obstacles um and so it was originated by a guy raw i can never say his name i have to like slow down to say it raw uruhu it's a fun one sounds like like roller coaster (laughs) raw yeah Yeah. no commonly known raw uh so he had founded this it's a really bizarre story i personally love this stuff i feel like i'm like I've always described myself as 50 50. I'm like 50% woo woo and 50% like a little more practical and logical. But I really think it's an amazing story. He was in Ibiza and he had this uh, voice come to him and he had this like eight day period and the voice said, it's time to get to work. And he had this like eight day period where he just like, downloaded all this information and that's supposedly where the human design system was born and in terms of like practicality it's a combination of a few ancient observable sciences so like the Kabbalah tree of life the I Ching um, astrology the chakra system you'll see a lot of overlaps there and it's Really just, and so it's based off of your birth information. So you put your birth date in and then that will spit out your chart. And then again, I would say just even those top three things, your energy type, your strategy and authority and profile, if you know nothing else, those are the three things that'll at least be like beneficial and you can use as like a practical tool. And it's only been around since 1987. So it's, it's fairly new.
0: Yeah. So similar to astrology in a way where, like you just mentioned, where you enter in your details about your name where you were born, the time you were born, and an astrological chart will sort of spit out your quote unquote sun sign and moon sign and ascendant sign where it gives you this framework of who you are and how you show up in the world. So a lot lot of people are like, okay, I, I sort of know what astrology is or like the zodiac. And then you even mentioned chakras. It's like energy centers in the body. And human design is almost a blend, like you were saying, of all of these ancient, esoteric ideas and philosophies that sort of meld this together. But it distills it down in a way where once you figure out what your type is, you're able to move out forward in the world and know how to approach and take charge of your own life.
2: But what if you don't like that type? And what if you want to be a different type? When no, you get, I. Mean, you get your I, reading and everything, and you figure out what like you my are in your first are like, few yeah, yeah.
1: months. Like I mean, I like learned that I was a projector, and then threw it out. Like I literally didn't pick it up again for a few months. I'm like, no, I'm not.
2: <laughs> so wait. So you said you're a projector. So like, what are the uh, the archetypes then? Because I think I heard you say you're a projector, and then a manifester. and then so what are those five?
1: There's five different types. So there's uh, manifestors, projectors generators manifesting generators and reflectors and i can kind of give like a little quick overview of each one um so from the top so manifestors these are basically people and again it, use the languaging with a grain of salt like it's really the purpose of the language is just to make sure we know we're talking about the same thing that's all it is so don't think that like manifestor here means like oh if i'm not a manifestor i can't manifest things in my life cuz that's not true it's just the name that this is, like, for this energy type. And the way that it functions is these are the people that are, like, the trailblazers. So these are the people that can literally go out there and initiate and go and make it happen. Um, And this is about 8% of the population. And then you have projectors. are about roughly 20% of the population. And these are the people that are here to be the guide. So we're here to really give, um, like, just make, like, efficiency gains. And we see systems really well. And it doesn't mean, like, you're ever kind of like segmented into like a certain type of job and that's like the only thing you can do it just means from like a zoomed out view you're using your energy in this way whether you're a teacher a doctor a lawyer or you know a podcaster like whatever it is you're just using your energy like this across the board and then the generators and manifesting generators so these are the people that are here to like literally be lit up Katie, is it manifesting generator? <laughs> uh, these people are really here to like not only be in service of their own desires, but by being in service of their own desires, they're making excess energy for everyone else. Literally, like the term generator generates like energy. You guys are doing that from like an energetic point of view for humanity. I and... thought felt a
2: little hot in here. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's a... lit yeah, up. It's, she's excited. A little warm in here. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you.
1: No, no, it's good. Um, And then the reflectors are really here to be in the center of the tribe because they're purely chameleons. Like they really are here to reflect back, like how are we doing as a community? So no matter where they are, um, that's like really their job is to be a little bit loose with their identity and really let it ebb and flow because they're here to really just show us how we're doing.
0: What are the differences between generators
1: and manifesting generators? That's a great question. So manifesting generators – I'll start with generators. So generators, again, kind of that baseline, like you guys are here to be lit up and you're here to really be doing the things that are like super exciting to you and that you're like in desire of. And by doing that, like you're creating more energy and you kind of have like, not that you can't do more than one thing, but you kind of have this like, theme that you become like a master of your craft throughout your life like there's kind of that trajectory that you stay on I can think of a friend um, from high school that like even when we were young she used to like do people's makeup and whatnot, and she'd always been like very into like beauty and like the aesthetic kind of like view of like the face and whatnot. she used to do all of our makeup for like school dances and then she went to go study hair like up in San Francisco and then went to New York and like kind of bounced around these cities and now she has like a brow company and it's just like it's all kind of within that same realm even though it kind of looks a little bit different kind of thing uh, she would be a good example of like master of your craft like master of that kind of world whereas a manifesting generator is somebody that you still have that same baseline of like I need to be lit up by what I'm doing I need to be really excited but I also have that thing of a manifesto where I can initiate and kind of follow my urges and like these impulses that come to me and I'm here to zigzag a little bit so maybe there's like three or four or however many different like ways that like I kind of want to do this and like I want to master that and then I want to go on to this so maybe I if maybe I did the academic thing for a long time and it really excited me and I went and got my PhD and then I was like screw it I want to do like a company on like a software tech company or something because that's what's really exciting to me so then I'm going to go and build that so it's really just being able to kind of like zigzag throughout and pivot as soon as you're not lit up by the thing that you're doing anymore. Does that what kind about? Of answer? Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Now, what about some notable celebrities? Just based on their like outward appearance, just or-
1: Alba comes to mind immediately as an MG. So she is that perfect example of she did her acting career. Um, And she was, you know, had a very successful career in movies and whatnot, and then moved on to go and do The Honest Company. So that's a completely different, like, pivot and move. Um, And she's a mom. You know, she's a mom, I think, to three kids. So it's, like, she's kind of got her, like, different areas, and she's, like, lit up and excited about all of them. Um, Brad Pitt is a projector. He's got to be, like, invited in and recognized for, like, what it is that he does, like, that kind of value. I'm trying to think. Oh, Obama was a projector, too. Um, And they... Trump is a manifester if we want to get in the political realm, but it's really, and you can kind of see, like, even if you know nothing about it, you can kind of see, like, oh, like, I I see, like, even the different, like, again, not to try to tie too many different, like, personality things to the types, because just because I'm a projector, I'm not going to be the exact same, Jason, I just found out you're a projector, doesn't mean that we're exactly the same.
2: Oh,
1: no. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) uh but it just the way that we use our energy and again, maybe we never use it the energetically correct way, but it's just saying, if you do, you should encounter a lot more ease trying to get to where you're trying to go versus like coming up against all these obstacles.
0: What is it like when someone has a human design session?
1: So someone comes in and usually it's that people find human design, like, because it is kind of challenging to explain it to somebody that like doesn't know what it is altogether. It's like people kind of fall into it. It's it's a little bit odd that way, but once they do, I feel that people people come to it when they actually have like a specific kind of question or thing that they're trying to work through, whether that's like career, relationship, money, you know, whatever it is that they kind of come with. And they're like, I want to resolve this thing. And I am like seeking answers in a way. And really human design is a tool. It's not the answer. It's just like, it's a tool to kind of get you some perspective and maybe some like insight shifts on how you're approaching things. And so I'll basically walk through just their general energy type, basically like how they're supposed to be designed in the world, how they're supposed to exchange energy with the people around them. And then I will definitely spend a little bit of time on like their strategy and authority So your authority is basically the place within your body that gives you like the answer to your decisions. And it's different for every type. And it goes hand in hand with your strategy, because depending on what your authority is, like for instance, I have what's called emotional authority. So this means like my solar plexus rules my decision making. So there's then going to be your strategy that goes hand in hand with that authority saying, okay, so with emotional authority my strategy is to wait for the invitation and then kind of getting into what that means. And especially like a strategy and authority like that, where it's like, wait, first of all, we're told all the time, like, don't be emotional, like use your logic when you're making decisions. And for now I have to, you know, share with this person, like, forget everything you've heard, forget everything you've learned. Like, actually, these are your superpowers, like you need to check in with them. And it's not something you need to sit there and talk to everybody out loud about, although perhaps depending on your chart, maybe that would be helpful. But (laughs) it is something that's going to lead you to the correct decisions. And so when you wait for these invitations, and you do wait to be recognized, you can then enter like each kind of situation or dynamic or opportunity correctly. And then you're already creating like flow from the get go, because you've been invited in. And now you've waited like check in that you're in this like cool common collected spot from your emotional authority to go and enter into that relationship and not all projectors or um like not every type like again manifestors projectors mgs g's and reflectors have the same authority so just because you have a certain type you can have like different authority depending on where that is in your chart so for instance like there's splenic projectors they're not all just emotional projectors uh there's g-center projectors there's like all different kinds of types or like for instance with the manifesting generator or generator you guys are all ruled by your sacral which is like your gut response so in any given moment you can sit there and be presented something and like, you'll have like a visceral, like physical, like response to it, like a yes or kind of like a no. And sometimes you can hear it like physically, like coming out of your mouth or sometimes it's just kind of like a body thing. Like you're kind of like leaning in towards it or leaning out. And so I'll spend a lot of time kind of walking through scenarios like that. I think hands down, that's the most practical piece of human design is like making those decisions that are correct for you and really starting to understand and look at that process. Because if you kind of pointed out to people, they're like, Oh yeah, like that that is kind like that makes sense. It's just sometimes I don't listen to that. Or like I was taught like not to tune into that or kind of to ignore it. But really when you start to tune into it, even just with the little things, like you can see how it might be a little bit easier and easier to use it for the big things as well. So we'll spend the majority of the time talking about that. And then I like to get into profile too. This is kind of like the equivalent of like what your sun sign would be in astrology. And with this it's basically like we all come onto earth and we're all like wearing our kind of like masks in society of just kind of like who it is, like our costume that we put on and that we show up as, even if that's not really like who we are, it's just like how we present to the outside world, even throughout every single opportunity that you do or every endeavor that you engage in, how are you like, what's the energy that you're kind of like bringing to the table that you kind of have taken throughout everything. So for instance, I'm what's called the four, six in human design. So that's like my profile type. So this is all about like the relationships we cultivate. So whether I am helping somebody do a short film, like a project did like years ago for a friend and stepping on to do that, it's like, I would So an instance of how I could do that or how I could use this at a job is being like, okay, like I know somebody who might be able to help or volunteer that day. So it's like I'm calling my network. I'm calling my people, my friends to see like who can kind of like plug into this job Um, or even like opportunities that come to me, even like relationships, new friends. It's usually like through a referral, like through my connections that that's how opportunities will like seamlessly kind of come. And every profile is different and there's 12 different ones. So that's not something you need to necessarily like learn to do anything with like the strategy and authority where you're really practicing, like using that for your decisions. But it's really, I think, insightful to just understand because usually people resonate with that and they're like, oh yeah, like that's, I could totally see that. That's, that's how I am in life. So spend a good amount of time that like, doing all of those things first. And then depending on how much time is left during like an hour session, Um, just kind of going off through the different energy centers, there's nine different energy centers and whether those are filled in. So whether they have color in them, that's called like definition or whether they're undefined or white, it means something different. And, um, going through each of those nine, they kind of have like different themes and just basically learning how to kind of like ebb and flow with the different parts of yourself that are either more consistent or a little bit more tailored to like who's around you
0: similar to astrology when you're referencing some of the colors and different energy centers, there's an actual chart printout.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We go off of a chart. Yeah. It's
0: sort of like an image of the front of the body.
1: It looks like a body. I mean, they're kind of funny looking and they look kind of archaic to me, but um, it kind of is like you're energetic wiring, if you will, of just kind of like your energy enters through the head and the bottom, like the root, and it kind of like comes in and then like, what's it doing in there? That's kind of what your chart tells you.
0: The torso to the top, almost like chakras. In a way. Um, but they're not placed in the same locations and And they they connect to each other differently. differently.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of where the beauty of like differentiation comes in between each chart, especially like, yes, you might have more similarities to somebody that has the same profile as you, but you're still going to have all of these different like nuances, depending on like what lines and gates and channels you have activated, Um, and how that all kind of like plays in together. So that's really where like the beauty of being like this individual chart versus this individual chart and how they work differently.
0: So when you have your chart read, and let's say that there's tangible takeaways that you can walk away and as a manifesting generator, let's say for me, it's like, okay, if an opportunity is presented to you, or if you see an opportunity that you'd like to take, and you have a gut reaction to it, and it's a yes or no, follow that gut reaction. Maybe that's my takeaway. And then if I don't follow that gut reaction, on the flip side, there is an emotion that I'll feel that I know that's sort of a trigger that says that's not your right direction. So can you talk about that? So in every
1: single type, they have a corresponding what's called the not self theme. Um, And this is kind of like if you zoom out on this whole concept, it's really what I was saying about like, to look at your chart because there are so many things that can tell you that will kind of be in direct um, like opposition with things that you may have been taught like whether that be in your family, through school, through your peers, through your colleagues, through media and there's conflicting information coming at us like at any given moment. So your chart kind of helps to like quiet all that down so you can really focus on like what works best for you. So again every type has the not self theme which is basically saying, Okay, if you're not acting in accordance with your energy, and you're kind of acting that, or acting through things that aren't like energetically correct for you, you're going to have like a sort of feeling that's you're like your check engine light. That doesn't mean like anything's necessarily wrong. It just means okay, things aren't going as well as they could. Let's course correct here. So for manifestors, this is anger. It's like just this feeling of like almost like rage, like where you're just kind of like I. At, like you feel like small like you feel like people are kind of trying to like keep you down even though you're supposed to be like the trailblazer like pushing and moving through and you feel like people are telling you what to do and it's kind of like this like don't tell me what to do like don't like get in my way like don't keep me small kind of thing and it's like a really a physical like anger um with manifesting generators and generators it's frustration so some people will experience this as a general feeling like I just feel so frustrated but some people can experience it with a little bit more of like an apathy like it's just kind of like frustrated stuck energy like a rut or just kind of like a meh like disinterest like I kind of almost feel like depressed or whatever like I just feel like things aren't moving so that'll be for mgs and generators and then for projectors it's a bitterness this is kind of like it's just like this seething kind of like undertone where it's just kind of like if you're doing things where you weren't really invited in correctly in the beginning or you're giving advice or you're trying to tell people like, hey, I see these things. I, I see. I know. I know what to tell. Like I can help here. But they aren't inviting you in. You're going to feel that block and it's going to feel bitter because you're like, they're not listening to me. They're not blah, blah, blah. I'm wasting my energy quite literally. Like, you, you know, it's that feeling Um, So it's really important that you follow that strategy to have that recognition from the beginning. Or for reflectors, it's just disappointment. It's just kind of like this life is dull and does not feel um, exciting or new. And for reflectors, and then on the flip side, for every single type, there's like a sign or a feeling like your, your signature where you are in alignment and you are on the right track. So I want to go through and kind of flip it for everybody too. Cause those are the ones that are letting you know, like, okay, it's time to course correct in an area, but the feeling that you're going to get when you're on track is a little bit different. So reflectors, this is surprise. They just kind of feel like delighted and just like, I mean, I think of Christine all the time because she's a reflector and it's like, you know, everywhere she is or whatever environment she's with or whoever like she's with, it's kind of just like this little like bubbly like delight, like surprise. Like, I just feel like this is like a new day. Um, And then for projectors, it's success and not in the terms of, again, like, oh, well, nobody else can have success because that's not their signature. It's just that when projectors are out there helping and guiding people, because it really is kind of like an interactive and collaborative Thing that they're here to do, they will just have success of like what's deemed successful by society. And then for generators and MGs, it's this feeling of satisfaction. It's just kind of like this, like, like life is good. Like I could keep going and going and going because I am loving what I'm doing and it's exciting. And I just feel like satisfied, like I am good. And manifestors, uh, it's actually peace. So it's really that nobody's standing in my way. I'm doing what I want to be doing. I'm like trudging that path forward and I feel peaceful. Like I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing here. So those are all kind of signs you can kind of check in and you'll know that you're doing it correctly.
0: I'm curious about bringing this into environments, like a corporate environment to learn how to work with coworkers, family environments to know how to better manage like relationships, maybe it's even with like parents or spouses, and then definitely with children. I want to talk about that as well. Okay. Uh,
1: Well, so for the first one, there's a great human design reader who I know has been working with corporations, Erin Claire Jones. So I just want to reference her because I know she's already been doing that and I think it's brilliant. Um, Personally, I... Would love doing it in the idea of like the relationships and kind of the family model. I just think that that's really fascinating. And like the first thing I dove into when I was learning about the system is my friends, my family, and really just trying to understand again, like when we see people for who they are, it really just melts that kind of frustration, anger, whatever it is um, that you're feeling with people because you're like, well, why can't you just do it this way? And when you kind of finally see like, no, 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 that's literally the way they're wired. Like this is the way they operate. And it's good that they're doing it this way because that's like them being in their design, I feel like that can just really melt tension. And it's really just about accepting that person for who they are and seeing them that way. And how like that could especially come in handy with parenting. And I just, full disclaimer, wanna say I do not have any kids of my own, but for about 10 years throughout high school and college, I did babysit for a long time and for multiple families. And I can say that when there's multiple kids in a household, you can tell like it's not a one size fits all like it's not like one style of parenting is going to be effective for all of the kids even though that would be ideal because you're all in the same household but it doesn't work like that like as you see like every kid kind of has their own like little kinks and personality and what they're again motivated by what they you know just even their like responses and their attitudes like all of that and how it works so if you have a kid and like you can look up their birth information and look up when they're what their energy type is you can literally parent them in a certain way that's like correct for their type um and I can kind of go through some examples of like each type and just like a little tip on each one so for instance uh a manifester since they're already coming in like Real, like they're coming in hot like they're they're powerful these are the people again that are trailblazers and I would bet that like a family can feel that you know like a family even like parents maybe that know nothing about this be like if they found out their child's manifesto, they could like, that make so much sense and it's like instead of trying to micromanage everything they do and put all these rules and restrictions around them it's really just about like empowering them to be like no buddy you know what to do like you're you're here to like lead the way and let them do that as much as possible. And within like as much of a safe, you know, environment as possible, but really just kind of empowering them to make their own choices. And even when they like fail, like that's going to be the quickest way that they learn and really start to build that kind of confidence within themselves. Um, with projectors, again, they're kind of here to like hone in on systems and guidance or, and guide the tribe and really just They see things in a different way, but they all have a specific niche. So from a young age, I would just really encourage whatever it is that they're naturally interested in, indulge them. Like, even if it's, you know, this might be kind of controversial, but even if it's like video games or something and like, that's what they're really interested in, who's to know that they aren't going to come up with some program that they develop later on or whatnot, and just really letting them kind of like dig in and have time for their interest, like no matter what it is, or even if they were you know like watching tv or whatnot like you know what who's to say that they won't be like a producer or a director or something and go and create their own tv shows or their own movies or things like that and just really falling in love with like narrative and how it plays out on like a big screen like that i see some smiling going on here okay so is that you growing up so we
0: don't know jason's exact birth time but based on the idea that we think it is we're waiting to get that exact time jason's a projector and he just has this intense love for drumming that his parents did foster. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk about it a little bit. Oh,
2: what well, about drumming? I thought I was, I I was going to talk about how I watch TV every day after school, and now I make TV. I feel like but that's a little that more on beautiful
1: point. Example, you know, where it might be controversial, where they're like, oh, don't let him like veg out and watch TV. And it's like, how do you know he's not like studying it? And
2: <laughs> you know, I, I always was. I was always studying TV. Well, when I, I was, was thinking
0: of the drumming example too. So many parents would maybe not want their kids to drum because it's really loud and intense yeah. in a household. I mean,
2: I think I got, I was able to drum because my dad was a drummer. And so I had some innate sympathy for the loudness, you know, no, it didn't really bother anybody, but I, I feel like this is more targeted towards my, uh, my tv and video games too you know it's like i I feel like a lot of people get hated on for playing video games a lot you know and it really (laughs) it, it worked on my hand eye coordination my dexterity and things like that and then my musical abilities also contributed to my editing prowess because a lot of editing is compositional and
1: matching it right
2: yeah like
1: the cinematography to the music
2: yeah exactly so like it's actually a fusion of all of my experiences every time that I make a tv show I summon all of those experiences whether it's video games music and all of that so and
0: how do you think it would have felt if your parents sort of course corrected and said that's not what you're supposed to be doing
2: it would have been hard but they had their own issues going on so i was able to kind of fly under the radar you know (laughs) my my dad would try to hide the power pack for the nintendo me and my brothers would find it every time so like (laughs) jokes on you dad look uh you know i'm making tv shows there's nothing you could do about it (laughs) but would
0: would you have (laughs) felt that bitterness um, projector, would you have felt sort of bitter? You
2: know, that's the thing. You said that projectors feel bitterness. I don't feel like I feel much bitterness. You know, I, like oftentimes I'm in uh, high level conversations about, uh, you know, work that I've done and I get, uh, you know, a lot of flack for, you know, edits that I've done. But I don't really take it personally. I think that's actually just from being... Uh, in the business long enough that you get noted and noted and noted and just pummeled by networks and pummeled by people until you, you reach this kind of flat line layer of acceptance.
1: like or you recognize yourself as that kind of like authority and so you just bring that energy to it and you're not allowed but how did you even get into editing like professionally did you feel like you ever had an invitation
2: I juggled a couple different majors back in college Uh, I started with music and music wasn't really working out for me I had a couple professors I didn't care for and I also didn't feel like I needed a certificate to show people I could play drums and also I wasn't uh, in line to be a teacher. Like I taught a drum line, but I, I, it was fun, but it wasn't really my passion. And then I flipped through the course catalog and I found TV production, literally just like flipping through in an office. I was like, Oh, that sounds kind of cool. But then I remember back in the day I used to like, you know, program my grandpa's watch and I used to like hook up all the AV equipment for my family and things like that. So like I had like little hints back in the day that were always kind of pulling towards me. Uh, but yeah, and then I ended up, having editing as a major in school and then just following through with it. And I didn't think that it would ever amount to anything. Like I thought that I would just, cause I moved to LA to play drums and then I had some uh, buddies of mine who were working in on TV shows and they were like, well, why don't you come and work with us? The invitation. So yeah, I got the invitation there through a friend. So that all of that kind of snowballed into where I am now. Uh, But,
0: and then, but on the flip side of the, internal feeling when you know that you're doing something that aligns with you, you feel that success,
1: success. and you ride that success. And you get to do it professionally, like with these, and yes. you don't even think about it versus yeah. like trying to like break into that industry and kind of push and blah, blah, blah. And it, so it's really, you seem like you entered it correctly from the get-go of just it's, like, here, I yeah. see that you have these skills. Come on over.
2: <laughs> I think I just go by my gut a lot. And that has gotten me into some pretty good spots.
1: It's interesting that you say that cuz if your chart is correct and Katie you just shared it with me so if it was correct the way it is and there wasn't any time change you would be what's called a splenic projector so whereas i mentioned like there's different authorities even if you have the same type so although i'm a projector as well i have emotional authority splenic is like where you have these intuitive hits and sometimes people use that language interchangeably of like your gut instinct or instincts, you know, but it's really this like intuition, like kind of like a whisper that kind of comes in. That's just like, it pulls you, it speaks once. And it's just like, it kind of like drops in like either whether this person like is not the right opportunity or this might be the right place to go. And it doesn't make sense. There's not really a lot of logic to it or really like working it through like, oh, I'm going to do this because, um, so that could be pulling you again. I don't, I don't know for sure, because that's, I don't have the precise timing on your chart, but that could be something where it's just like intuitively you're listening and you're like tuned in and know where to be and like what's correct to kind of be around and like the right opportunities. So yeah. Let's
0: continue on for thinking about if you have a child and the different energy types.
1: Where did we leave off? So it was manifestors projectors uh okay so generators and mgs so with this if you have a child who is a manifesting generator generator one i'm sure they're probably kind of a bundle of energy kind of running around like any kid is um but really to get them to kind of like focus and really tune in on what lights them up really start presenting them with these specific yes no questions or this or that from a young age so just like um you know, Susie, do you want to go to swim practice or do you want to, or do you want to do soccer this season? And really just giving them that choice and kind of seeing like what lights them up. And if they don't you know, they're not excited about either of those, like keep working through that, even with like food choices, uh, what they want to do, you know, on a weekend, do you want to go to the park? Or do you want to go to the beach, like, just kind of getting really specific with them. And so you're kind of training them to really tap into that gut response, because it is their inner brilliance. And it's instantaneous, it's they're gonna have a response. And you'll probably be able to like, notice it. I've seen that a lot of MGs, like, it is physical, but it's different physical for them. Like so I have a friend where she literally kind of perks up and kind of like bright, like her eyes kind of like brighten and pop. Whereas some people are a lot more subtle, but it's like you can see this like nod kind of going. And so you can see it's physical, but it's like it's still manifesting itself like with different like subtleties. Um and then with reflectors, if you have a child that's a reflector, just making sure that they're in an environment that feels really good to them because again, they're not tied to any one particular identity. It's It's really correct for them to be able to ebb and flow and adapt to the environments that they're in, but just making sure that it feels good to them and that that's the most important thing for wherever they end up in life, that they're either in like a work situation that feels good or a living situation that feels good, et cetera, et cetera. So just kind of like a tip for each one.
0: No, I love that because I think any insight that you can have as a parent as to how to help your child feel empowered. And like you hear them and you see them and you are their partner, you're not necessarily coming up against them and, and a, a roadblock or a, a stop to what they want to do is helpful and understanding how do I work with your energy and your needs and how do I allow you to be you while giving you, you know, the safety and parameters and boundaries that a parent right. may,
1: that a parent needs to give. I think that's seriously the most beautiful thing you can do for a kid. I, I feel really lucky in the fact that, um, both of my parents, like we had our certain kind of beliefs and I I always like kind of look at my childhood in like phase one and phase two and phase two is very different than phase one, but phase one, I would say that like something my parents did that was really neat was they didn't put all of these, like, like we had rules and like, you know, like we weren't allowed to see like PG 13 movies and we weren't allowed to like say like, you know, mean things or cuss words, and we had things like that, but there really was this kind of, like, freedom of, like, just being who we were and just really, like, letting that be encouraged. Like, I never felt like either of them were ever trying to, like, live through us or, like, vicarious I have three brothers, um, so vicariously, like, live through us and kind of force us into one thing or another, and I just feel like they really encouraged us to be, like, our own individuals, even though there was, like, a little clan of four of us, and I just think that that's, It's just neat because it's kind of like wherever you end up when you're raised that way is kind of like, yeah, I'm here because I chose to be here. And like this is the way that I chose to be um, and not because I had like we all, again, pick up conditioning everywhere we are. But I feel like having that kind of not entirely blank slate, but just kind of like a, a neutral base is really helpful and kind of, again, just empowers you to make your own decisions and pursue your own passions without a ton of external pressure.
0: I want to leave the audience with a key takeaway from you.
1: Okay. So I know we've definitely been talking through the lens and kind of through that lens of human design, but I look at human design as just one tool uh, that helps us really tell a story about ourselves. And again, that's really like, if I zoom out and look at what it is I do and what I'm trying to do, I really am trying to, as a writer, um, as a storyteller, empower people to tell the narratives that are going to move their lives forward and not keep them stuck. So I would just say that you are the story that you tell yourself and you need to make it profound.
0: That's such That's like a awesome. Such a powerful message. Mindset is everything. It's what makes your reality, man. <laughs> it's what ends up happening. And where can everyone find you?
1: Well, I had been previously unavailable on social media, ironically, for years. Even though this is what I helped brands do, but I am now on Instagram um, as of last week. So you can find me at Juliana Lembeck. or you can find me at my website, which is just JulianaLembek.com. And there's two ends in my name, so.
2: And did you have any favorite resources or anything that really stuck out to you about human design that if someone's more interested, they could go and find?
1: Yeah. So the person, so I had done a little bit of self-study and then the person I had like professionally trained under is Jenna Zoe. She's amazing. I think she's kind of like really taking again this, this information and making it really accessible and digestible for people. So she's a great resource. And then I know you guys are geared towards like a parent audience. So I do want to leave you also with the holistic psychologist. If you haven't heard of her by now, I'm surprised because she's like gained a huge following on um, YouTube and Instagram. And she shares like really, really powerful tools and information for like healing generational trauma and making sure that's not something you're passing down to your kids. And she doesn't just talk and like philosophize about it. She actually gives you tools to do it. So those are two like parenting and human design.
0: (laughs) And if anyone is interested in booking a session with you, I think you put
1: together a special offer for all of our listeners. I did yes so if anyone's feeling called to work with me they can book a one or two hour session depending on how much you know about human design and I believe we set it for 10% off with the code ETV for elevate the vibe ETV 10 at checkout which they can find on my website if you just go to julianalembeck.com book a session great
0: and um, we, will, we will link that in the show notes as well
1: Yeah, awesome great thank Juliana. you guys so much for
0: having me Yes, Yes, thank you for joining us. Our very first successful Skype interview. We loved it. We did it. (laughs) You are such a beautiful light in this world. And I love that you're pouring your energy into this to help people break through and understand what their gifts are to share with the world. Thank you.
1: It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me too. So thank
0: you. Yes, thank you for joining us to elevate the vibe.
1: Thank you. All right, you guys. (laughs) All right. Bye. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey there, vibe VibeHive babes. If this podcast has brought you any value, please rate and review on your favorite listening platform. And if you're feeling really generous, share with a friend. Visit us at elevatethevibe.co for show notes on this episode and previous episodes. This podcast is intended to educate, entertain, and inspire. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or substitute for professional medical advice please consult your healthcare provider with any questions you may have. And as always, thank you for joining us to elevate the vibe.